When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome to the CHGO Balls podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and be sure to use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I'm MK. He's WG. We've got LB pressing the buttons, and this is HQ. Friends, how are we? We doing well? What an intro that was. That was. I like that. All the the two-letter initials. That was that was great. Maybe, maybe I you should host this pro. show every single time. Yeah, you is should, that, you should be a host on this show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's hosting material right there. I agree. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But uh, how are you, how are you both doing? Uh, you less. You, I mean, let's let's be clear, Lawrence. You, you're less relevant in this conversation. Correct. Than I am doing, so But nonetheless, I'll, I'll throw to you I first. How are you? Not invited to Las Vegas for the last <laughs> week and a half or three months or however long that seemed to last for will uh i am yeah you know i'm i would have liked to be in vegas i like las vegas i mean not for five days for two two and a half is probably the right number but i mean i i could have found things to do while i was there like get some bulls content but uh you know i don't get i don't get invited to bulls things that's now Vegas twice in paris so you can go in my stead next year lawrence if you want you can be you can be the bulls be writer i have to do it love writing I'm so glad to be Ever resentful is LB, but uh, that's why we love him. Um, William, how how was Vegas? Now, from what I could see and what I could hear, it seemed like a great trip. And I'm not going to lie, when I saw your beautifully toned body just wearing those okay. shady raised glasses on the at the beach, whatever, not not the beach, sorry, the swimming pool, just looking Stadium extremely swim, handsome. Shout out Circa Resort. Yeah, they they, they got they. they they really, uh, what's the name? They looked after you guys. So uh, really very did. jealous in a in number of ways looking on. Obviously jealous of what you got to do in Vegas. The fact that you were in Vegas with Matt and Dave and living it up. Obviously jealous of the fact that the you got to see the Bulls and the Bulls are now two and one in Vegas. So that's cool. But, you know, if I'm being honest as well, I'm just more jealous of you more generally, William. The fact that you're effectively the better me is how I like to refer to William, William Gottlieb. More handsome. More smart, but you, <laughs> more smart you live in a, in a beautiful the words. country. You've got a beautiful sun. More smart. You don't have to more, go watch more the, better at Twitter. Loss of, oh Jesus! Come on, Lawrence. Look at look at <laughs> more better body. Just Jesus. just a handsome, just a handsome unit. Like if if, uh, if, if there's this, someone that's needs to stop. more perfect. This needs to. This needs. Oh, we're, we're come closing on, down the show. You are you're posting thirst traps to our account. I mean, it's, let me uh, let me be very clear, as Bernie Sanders would say. Let me be very clear. That was not me. That was Matt. I didn't I have a, a drink. I'm I had already, a talking. I had a talking I'm to him. Bloody thirsty. I, I mean, but honestly, like, uh, yeah. See, Rob knows it's a, it's a thirst trap. Um, yeah. See, look, a thirst trap. You should be That's proud of yourself, Will. You are the goat for many reasons, including that hot body or so. Uh, 
Congrats to you. Well, let's uh, let's change subjects now and talk about some summer league Chicago Bulls basketball. Some other hot boys. Hey, the other hot boys that we're focusing I'll, on. I'll say this. On. Those games are, it's fun to be at. The crowd, yeah. very, it's like very small. It's very intimate, especially the Bulls like don't have a lot of star players. So they're in the smaller gym. It feels like a high school game or AAU or something. All the executives are there watching. You can kind of sit courtside. That part of it's very cool. Those games need to be like 20 minute half running clocks. I mean, they are just, it's so bad. It's just yeah. so bad. It's way too long. I know that the like the NBA is trying to like do it up and it's definitely a thing. We get it, but like the quality of basketball is just so, so bad. And and I know like there's a summer league champion now, but like the games don't matter. I don't know. They're just it's too long. That's it's great, but t- t- tighten it up. Tighten it up. Yeah, there, there was certainly a a point in the second quarter yesterday where I was looking at it, I'm like, oh, is it really only the second quarter? I know, like, it's I know this game's traveling quicker than a regular standard NBA game, but still, this is like going 15 minutes too long in the first half. So I, I, I certainly they, take they even point do on 10 that. minute quarters, but like, let's do running clocks. Let's do yeah, no true. free. I mean, just keep it moving. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Well, we've already discussed one hot boy that was in Vegas. Let's go to, I mean, if Will Gottlieb wasn't the hottest boy in Vegas, this this man certainly was. And I'm officially, Jesus. obviously, referring to Javon Freeman uh, Liberty, who has just been fantastic in summer league thus far. Continues to be the best player on the team. Continues to just be, you know, exceeding my expectations at least. And maybe this speaks to maybe where I maybe had or my lack of understanding of who he was as a player. I don't know. Maybe he's exceeding that regardless. But he's been fantastic for the Bulls, as LB is thrown up on the screen here. There you can see the numbers. twenty-one Over 21 points per game. The shooting splits are just very, very good and getting it done in terms of rebounds, assists. Basically, acting as a number one option for this summer league team and is clearly responding to that task. And like I said, has exceeded my expectations in every single game, continues to do so. I'm interested to see how it continues from here on. But uh, William, what are your thoughts on JFL? Uh, hashtag JFL for JFLFL is my hashtag here on the... JFLFL. Uh, JFLFL. But um, what are your thoughts on him? I've... I know, I'm First interested all, to hear for, just, for like what was your expectations about him coming into this? Did you know much about him, and how has that sort of landed now after three summer league games? We should call him Justice Freeman Liberty because it's just <laughs> I don't know. It goes along with the the last name yeah. or like Cap- Captain America or something. Because I mean, he's just been like <laughs> he's been amazing. Um, I knew he was good. We saw him last summer. Uh, he played with the Windy City Bulls, but he's really taken his game up to another level and. It's just really good to see a guy like that finally get the ball in his hands in these moments where like everybody's watching, you know, it's not just like these G League games, which obviously, you know, the execs are paying attention to, but you know, he's, he's playing in front of fans. He's got all these coaches, the Chicago Bulls players are there. Um, and he's just totally taken over. I think we'll talk a little bit about Dalen and our, um, reaction or response to how he's played relative to expectations, but for mm-hmm. a guy to be dominating the ball as much as he had and doing it at such a high level. And so efficiently, um, just really impressed. He, he definitely is making a strong case to get a, a two-way spot, if not like a, a real NBA roster spot. The Bulls have a couple more left. Yeah, and that, that's, that's, the, that's the interesting thing now. And that's where my mind has gone to often after watching him is like, is this just a really good three-game sample? Is this a, shine, a sign of real development to the point where – okay, we know he's a G League guy, but is he something more than that? 
Should he be on a two-way? Maybe even something more, depending on what happens with the IO situation. Like that's where my mind continues to go back and forth on it. I don't know where I ultimately fall on it, but irrespective of it, I've, I've clearly been impressed as to what he's been able to do. Obviously, he's very he's a very different player to Ayo Desumu. So in, in in that sense, it's not a like for like situation. But it is kind of I guess handy to know that if for whatever reason Ayo were to get a uh, a lengthy offer from another team obviously restricted free agency at the moment at least isn't treating io very well but in the event that that's, that were to happen that io gets a, an, an offer sheet that may perhaps the bulls don't want to match that maybe changes the scope of what that you know what that means for jfl's career in some senses so the the, the fact that it's all connected i guess is very interesting to, to me at this point but that, that's where i'm going at now like i'm 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 at a point where okay, this guy's clearly a, a, a G League player. I think he could be a two-way player, but I'm just starting to wonder now, is he someone that um, deserves, a, deserves a chance on the big boy team, whether it's with the Bulls or uh, you know another team elsewhere? I think what's been impressive for me, at least in this last game in particular, was he was playing off the ball a lot. And I think, obviously, he's shown that he can like fill it up and do it, do so efficiently, which is really important. But... Mm -hmm. everybody in the NBA can do that, right? Mm -hmm. You need to be able to scale up your game to be able to play alongside guys like Zach and Damar if you want to get minutes at the NBA level because it's just so difficult to to have that kind of role at the NBA level playing on a team with Zach and Damar. Like, it's just, it's almost certainly not going to happen. So for him to be able to make this team or play minutes if he does, it's going to have to be in more of a secondary you know, complimentary role player type of role. And what I liked about him in this last game was that he was playing off the ball quite a bit. He was getting catch and shoot threes. He was attacking closeouts. He was getting to the line. He was doing all the stuff that you kind of need to be able to do as a secondary scorer to take pressure off your primary guys. Um, you know, there are the first couple of games he was really dominating the ball. He was filling it up. He was getting to his pull-up jump shot in the mid-range, getting all the way downhill. And he still has that, obviously. But I really liked playing off of Dale and Terry uh, relocating to, to try catch and shoot threes. I think he was three for seven. Um, he's just, he's got a really well-rounded game. He's only like 23. Um, yeah. He's not one of those guys that, you know, has played in Europe for a few years and now he's trying to come back. Like he's pretty much fresh out of DePaul, uh, played mm-hmm. with the Bulls obviously last year in the G, but he, I mean, he's he's got upside. He's not super small either. He's like six four. Like I, he definitely has the makings of an NBA player. And I think at this point, We'll, we'll get into like the the real roster stuff and IO and can they bring both or whatever it is. I think he's making a real case to be on an NBA roster somewhere, whether it's the Bulls. Um, you know, they've, like I said, they got a, two, a couple more spots. Uh, they could have three more spots depending on IO. Um, I think he needs to be in the NBA. Yeah, and I think his his skill set as or what he's developed as a primary guy, and the fact that he has that ability to to shoot off the bounce or shoot just catch and shoot like that. Whilst he's been successful in a primary role, and that clearly won't be his role in the NBA should he make the NBA, I think the skill set that he does have sort of lends itself to him being a decent role guy, a guy who can be that second size creator who can spot up and hit threes when the ball swings to him and. In the event that he needs to attack a closeout, you're confident he can because he he's already shown that he can put the ball on the deck and do some stuff as a primary guy, albeit in a, at a G League level or a summer league level. So I think that does um you know I, I think we can there are takeaways to take away from from that standpoint from uh you know Freeman Liberty's game. So he, he's been fantastic. He's uh he's really showed me a lot. As has Julian Phillips. Now it's a one game sample because and I say that because his first game was 
just basically not a sample. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I don't want to overreact to one game, be it the, the really poor first game or the really, really good second game. But we're obviously focusing on the last game against the Kings and Julian Phillips in that game, again, showed me a lot of things that I wasn't necessarily expecting or at least not expecting to that level. And I'm namely referring to his, his jumper at this point. Uh, it was a lot quicker, a lot faster, a lot cleaner. Um, the mechanics were a lot better than what I assumed or thought they were based on what I had previously had seen. I still don't know if he's going to be a competent shooter in year one, but in terms of you know base level expectations, the base that he's working off both as in terms of technique, mechanics, and there's also the, the base from my expectations about what, he, what his jumper might be, again, it was exceeded based on what I saw yesterday. Now, again, it was one sample, get, one, one game sample, things can change. But Julian Phillips, as a catch and shoot guy, at least yesterday, showed me some stuff too. Absolutely. Um, I think the one three that he took in his first game got, he, he made, or maybe maybe it was one for two, but um, it got turned into a two, I guess, toe on the line or something like that. But for the most part, he's looked really comfortable shooting it, um, not just in terms of form, which I agree has been really solid, um, it's looked fluid. It's looked repeatable uh, a little bit of like a wide base. Like his legs are kind of spread a little f- further than like what you would normally see. Um, mm-hmm. but just like getting the shot off confidently and, you know, quickly, I think that's really key because we talk a lot about like some of these core role players on the bulls, IO Patrick, um, Alex Crusoe, Javante, Derek Jones, um, the list goes on of guys who just, kind of catch and hold for a second or hesitate um, and then take that negative step backwards and step on the sideline or they try to attack a closeout and just drive into traffic. And then you've got to reset the whole offense. You kick it out and all of a sudden like the advantage is gone, but there's nine seconds left on the shot clock. And now DeMar's got to do something, you know, create his own shot from the elbow outside of the flow of the offense. So the bulls cannot continue to employ guys like that. Um, that's why I like Javon Carter. That's why I like Tory Craig. I think both of those guys getting minutes is really going to help. And if Julian Phillips continues to shoot with that kind of trigger, I think he definitely has some room to grow into a solid role with this team because I mean, AK said it at the, at the introductory presser, the post-draft presser, presser that he can defend at the NBA level. I think we're still a little bit of a ways away from that, but that seems like, what's going to be his go-to NBA skill, right? I mean, he's 6'8", 6'9", really long arms, incredible athlete. Um, He looked a little bit like lost or sped up um, and a little bit overmatched by the physicality of the NBA game, but it's game two, right? So like that, I think will he'll be able to address that. He's got to put on some muscle, but I think the defensive ability is going to keep him on the floor um, or at least get him some minutes. And then if he can shoot like that, obviously he's going to, be like a fixture of the rotation, um, not just because he's able to get shots off, but because he's like hunting them. And I thought he looked really good in that role. Obviously only three, three point attempts over the course of the game. It's like, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, but that was super mm-hmm. encouraging for a guy who shot, I think like 28% in college, whose biggest mm-hmm. question mark coming out of the draft was the shooting. Um, if he looked as comfortable as he did getting shots up, um, that was a super encouraging sign for me. 
Yeah, and as Jurish notes in the uh, in the comments in the comments, it felt like Julian was more in the flow of last night get, in last night's game versus the first for the uh, the first game, which I think is a, a a good comment, and I think that's probably just a represent representation of who he is as a player. That he's not someone who's going to go out and seek the ball. He's going to be in weak side situations a lot. Probably not someone um, who's going to be on ball creating, doing those sorts of things. In that sense, um, he reminds me a lot of Patrick Williams from that point of view. Um, but if he can guard up and shoot like Patrick Williams and you've got a facsimile of Pat Williams in the bench, assuming that uh, you know Pat goes back into the starting unit, then Phillips certainly is intriguing. And even if like the sh- – I think his jumper was probably quicker than I was expected. It probably it – can, it can you know be sped up a little bit. But it almost doesn't matter in the event that if he so, – so long as he's not hesitating and just willing to shoot the ball, which he, he was yesterday, he made it very clear that he was going to get up his threes when they came to him. Even if your release is maybe like 5% uh, you know, slower than what it, ideally I would like to be, if you're not hesitating, you can still get your shots off. And when defenses were rotating and leaving him open yesterday, particularly on the weak side, when the ball swung to him, he just shot it. And that's what yeah, you need. He wasn't – the only time he like drove out of a shot, it was like a pretty good contest, and it ended up being that shot at the end of the first quarter that he banked in to beat the buzzer. So um, I just I liked the decision making. It was like I'm not going to think; I'm just going to get it up, or I'm going to drive. Um, obviously, like it's okay to attack closeouts, right? Like I think we just saw a little bit of it too much last year, and I think we saw it at times where it didn't necessarily need to be the case. But to have that skill is a really important one. Um, and so I like that we're seeing a little bit of both. That was why I was encouraged with Justin Lewis as well. Um, and I don't know if we'll get into him in a little bit here, but, uh, yeah, I just think like Julian Phillips, again, with these guys, it's like second round picks, it's undrafted guys like Sonogo and Justin Lewis and, um, you know, IO even a couple of years ago, these guys are second round picks or undrafted guys. You can't have like insane expectations, but if you can point to like one or two things that look like legit NBA skills, that's a foundation for, you know, what you can hope to develop into a player. And it seems like we've gotten that from certainly Julian Phillips, certainly uh, Javon Freeman Liberty, and also Sunoko, I thought had a really nice game. Yeah, completely. He, he's, he, he's uh, put together some, some good minutes here in summer league. I don't have many, you know, foundational, or, you know, massive takes about Sunoko. He looks completely fine and reasonable as a two-way guy. I don't know if he's an NBA guy. Perhaps he eventually develops into that, but I, I don't have any hot takes about Sunogo. But purely, I'm happy with him being uh, and comfortable with him being the new Marco, let's say, um, from a you know third, fourth big, certainly on a two-way deal, is a, a much better solution or a much better scenario than what Simonovic was on, as a guarantee deal. I would feel differently about Sonogo if he was on a guarantee deal, but the fact he's on a two-way deal will be down at the G League doing his thing with the Windy City Bulls. That makes complete sense. But this all comes back to expectations and why I've really liked what I've seen from Phillips and Freeman Liberty uh, and, and Sonogo, to be honest with you, is, is based on my evaluation, my expectations, my hopes of these players. And those three in some you know, in various levels have exceeded that. A player who has not met my expectations. Wait, sorry. Can I, I got a, I got a take. I want to fire off about Sonogo before okay. we transition out of here, because okay. I was actually really impressed with him. Um, I think over the course of the three games, we've seen a lot of growth um, and just like, he's looking more comfortable out there, but I thought, you know, they were, they were playing him in a drop defense. It wasn't the same, like at the level of the screen, type of defense that they play with Vooch at the NBA level. But I thought he contained really well. He's got super active hands. He was getting 
steals. He had a couple of blocks. He took a charge. Um, I just think he showed like a really good sense of awareness of where to be, um, good timing and good activity with his hands that are really encouraging. He can block some shots. I know he's not like your traditional Rudy Gobert, uh, you know, Derek Lively kind of rookie level rim protector. But I think, you know, people always kind of talk about, you know, you don't need to reach in the draft to find a good center because you can find those guys in the second round or undrafted. Like this is exactly that type of player. And so I really like um, that element of his game because I didn't necessarily think relative to my expectations that that's where he was. What I did kind of have a sense of was his finishing and his ability to rebound and, and get putbacks. That was fantastic. He was the, these last two games. He was he's been really good around the rim. I think seven of ten last night. Um, again, another monster rebound game from him. Uh, five offensive boards, nine total in only twenty two minutes. So I think again, you're looking at NBA caliber skills that you can point to and say this is something that we can build on. This is a foundation level skill set that we can now start to add elements to. I you know th- these types of centers are not necessarily thriving in today's NBA, but there is a space for them, certain matchups. Um, you know, I, I just think there's something there and I don't, I'm not saying he's going to play 18 minutes a night in his rookie year at the NBA level. Totally agree. He's going to be in the G league, but I think he's going to put up some numbers and I think they're going to be able to develop him into like a, a pretty decent backup or third string center. Yeah. When I was watching him yesterday and, and it's not a, good comp it's not a great comp and it doesn't line up perfectly but in the way kurt thomas was like the second or third center for the bulls at times um in you know 10 12 years ago uh that's what i was kind of thinking or hoping sonogo could potentially be maybe maybe it'll be more than that but i'm trying to keep my expectations low at this point but if you could be that third center guy that just comes in gives you a different look and feel built built like a brick shit house can just sort of lay someone out do the little things well got good touch around the rim then and, you know, hit that mid-range, you know, 15, 18-footer type thing. Uh, you know, I was just thinking about centers who aren't huge, but who who can still impact a game, I guess. And I don't know why Kurt Thomas came to mind, maybe because I just love Kurt Thomas. But um, that was something that uh, sprang to my mind. Take that for whatever it's worth, which is probably, uh, you know, not much. But nonetheless, I was setting us up to crush a certain Chicago Bull. Well, at least I was going to, but um, maybe we do that after we pay some bills, William. Can you tell our friends about Bird Dogs? I sure can, Mark, because Bird Dogs is a new sponsor and they are really cool. It's a brand of khaki shorts that make you look really good and they're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg to give you a truly sculpted look this summer. They do the exact same thing as other brands like Lululemon, but they fit way better and are way more comfortable. They're less stiff. They don't use the restrictive cotton and they use instead this uh, cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches. So it's way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. It's also an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that helps you stay cool and dry all day long. Um, I've ordered ordered a pair, unfortunately did not get them before Vegas. That would have been really nice because it was so freaking hot there. Uh, but it's obviously summer here in Chicago, so I've got mine on the way. And if you want to get yours too, you can go to birddogs.com slash CHGO or enter promo code CHGO to get a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash CHGO or promo code CHGO for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You do not want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. 
So, so those weren't bird dogs in the video I've been watching on a loop for the last half hour. <laughs> I like how we both went to the same. Ignore. Place. I was going to make a, a Willie's ignore, hot ignore, ignore, ignore. But I mean, I'm, I, I don't know if they have William, but I'm assuming at some point in time, within the matter of days, perhaps even hours, I'm sure our friends at Bird Dogs will be reaching out to a certain someone on this podcast to uh, really model those beautiful, beautiful attire that they do uh, they do have within their kit. So I'm, I'm sure that's coming there, uh, coming someone's way very soon. And it's definitely not me and certainly not LB. So it only leaves one of us. Might be WG. But nonetheless, continuing on with the ad reads, I want to tell everyone about our friends at Sunnyside, which is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to dis- explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality po- products. Sunny highs, Sunnyside rather has everything you need to elevate your summer. If you want to get your shirt off, if you want to be wearing your khakis, if you want to be having, you know, wearing your shady rays by the swimming pool, looking good, then um, you know. You can do that, obviously, but why not enhance that even more with some premium Sunnyside products? So that is the one-stop shop for all your cannabis needs. William, we've been uh, propping you up here, but uh, has there been a specific Chicago athlete that this week has just made you feel absolutely on fire, has made you feel good, has given you the vibes? Has there been an athlete doing that for you? Yeah, his name is Captain America, Javon Freeman Liberty. (laughs) He, that's the, that's the correct answer. That's my guy. From a point of view. That's, that's, that is the correct answer. Our friends at Sunnyside, if you want to be, you know, setting out the similar vibes as Javon Freeman Liberty has, they can certainly help you out there too. They have a great array of house products and brands that you want to definitely check out. So through August, head to sunnyside.shop and use promo code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% your total order. You get one use per customer not stackable with any other promotions they may be running. So that's uh, not only for new customers, that's for existing customers too. Anyone can use the code. So pick up everything and elevate your summer uh, with our friends at Sunnyside. Have to be over 21 or an Illinois med card holder. Now, William, uh, we've, we've been talking pretty positively about um, clearly you. We've been um, just, just revering Will Gottlieb. But we've also been talking a lot about, you know, Julian Phillips, Javon Freeman, Liberty, Sonogo, talking them up, talking their game up. Time to be a little bit critical now. And this is the part of the show where we talk about Dale and Terry, who just hasn't been good. There's no, there's no way around it. We can, we can talk around it. We can say, you know, that he does certain things well, which he does. Um, and he has certainly done you know certain things well in summer league but by and large at least from my perspective and again it comes back to expectations and albeit i didn't have high expectations for dalen for a number of different reasons but uh he hasn't even met those lowly expectations that i had maybe i'm being too harsh perhaps i am i'm not exactly the biggest dalen fan going around unlike you know maybe yourself or not i don't want to say you're a big dalen fan but certainly big dave is uh i got the impression that darnell was as well when he was on the show earlier on earlier on in the week as well so maybe i'm coming at it from a different perspective but i haven't been very impressed with what i've seen from dale and terry on a number of different levels um but interested to get your perspective on particularly game three but summer league more generally and maybe you can talk me around on it because i'm not loving what i'm seeing to be honest with you so all right a couple of things i want to say to preface this one i'm mr positivity now I'm mr optimism i'm mr you know just be nice to people because everybody's getting so mad at me for being negative and critical all the time. <laughs> so I'm trying to come at life through a new lens of just being purely optimistic. Right. Second, 
I don't know if you'll recall, but I was super high on Dalen coming into the draft. I mm-hmm. was probably one of the few people that like wanted the Bulls to take him at 18 that didn't feel like that was a stretch. I think in theory, he's got a really nice skill set. He can defend, he's switchable, he's a good passer, he can, he's an athlete, he can run up and down and get the ball out ahead and transition. Um, but at the same time, like you need to be able to show growth from one year to the next. And I think a lot of people got pissed at Billy Donovan for not playing him, for not giving him an opportunity. And it's mm-hmm. like, you see this stretch of three games and it's like, huh, maybe Billy actually like knows his players better than we do and isn't playing him because he's like not good enough to have a role. And again, I want to be positive. I still think there's a lot of room to grow for Dalen, but this role, I just don't think is working out for him. So I was, I just wrote like a, a recap of last night's game and it was a little late because we were flying last night and I didn't get a chance to watch the game until this morning. But my recap is up, and this was one of the topics that I wrote about. And for this article, I was looking at, you know, how he he was doing on the whole at Summer League. He is 11 of 42 from the field, 26%. Okay. The Bulls are two and one. They're a combined plus 10 in those three games. Dalen is minus five, and he is four of 14 on threes. That's 28.5%. I mean, it's just not good. Like, no matter how you shake it it's he's not scoring the ball well and i think there's a couple reasons for that one he needs to work on his handle it's just not there right now he cannot get any space no separation um we know he's not really a shooter and that could be fine but if that's the case you need to have a tight handle to play off you can't expect guys to really step up into your airspace to where you can blow by them he just doesn't have any wiggle he's not getting all the way to the basket and it's just really difficult to score if they're giving you jump shots and you can't make them. And so you're trying to drive into a guy that's like giving you five feet of space. It's just really tough to do. Um, so I think that's like the biggest thing is just like his handle really, it, the, the combination of not having a handle and not having a jumper just makes it really hard. And so he's running into guys, he's getting you know his pocket picked. It's just, it's not going well. Um, and so I think, it's okay to be critical on that front because obviously like the stats are backing it up and you're not seeing the production that you would want to see from a second year player when guys are really supposed to dominate against these rookies, these G league guys, these undrafted guys that are fighting for their jobs. And Dalen is out there and he's scoring like four points. I think this last game was his worst of the bunch, four points on two of seven shooting. Mm. Um, I, I do have some optimistic takes about it and I, I do believe that there's room to grow, but I'll let you pile on if you want to beforehand. (laughs) Well, before I pile on, let me say something positive. I I think he can be a good player in a certain system that makes sense for his game. And that to me, like he, he does certain things well, and those things are, uh, you know, defending well uh, across multiple positions, getting stops and turning those stops into scores in transition. Like that's to me where, Dalen in summer league and even when he's gotten you know sparing minutes in the big time like that's when he's looked at his best when he's just playing a free-flowing game when the ball is moving when the when the teams are getting up and down the court turning defense to offense that's when he looks comfortable and that's when he's looked comfortable in the summer league but for this team for this Bulls team that's not really who they are or at least that's not who they've been post Lonzo they've been one of the if they haven't if they weren't top five they'll certainly top 10 in terms of percentage of plays in the half court so if they're not a team that's necessarily going to generate a lot of transition opportunities um, when they do get stops and from an offensive standpoint this team wants to run back they want to get into defense because 
you know, that's how Billy wants them to play on defense. They don't want them chasing the offensive board. They want them getting back on defense, those sorts of things. This isn't uh, The Bulls are not an up-and-down team. And that's the starting point. And I feel like D- Dalen is probably, or well, he's clearly better with the ball in hands than being off ball because his jumper still remains a massive, massive work in progress. I, I, the percentages wouldn't concern me if I had seen a, you know, a material change in his mechanics, in his jumper, in his confidence, his ability to either, you know, do stuff on the catch and shoot or even worse when he's been trying to do stuff off the bounce has probably been even worse than the, the catch and shoot stuff. So he probably is better with ball in hand, even though he does have some issues with the ball in hand, as you sort of noted, but he's never going to really have ball in hand on this specific team based on who is on the roster. So my thing with Dalen is it's less about him, even though I think he is a very flawed player and I question, you know, his, his place in the league more generally. I think specifically for this Bulls team, it's just a really, really bad fit. And it's going to be a situation where I think there's going to be a lot of guys that go past him in the rotation just because they're better fits. And I do feel bad for him in some senses that he got drafted to this situation and maybe he turns around, maybe the jumper does come along and, it, uh, you know, any any negatives that I have in his game can start to, to turn into positives pretty quickly. So there's still time here. Obviously he's young. This is year two or he hasn't even started year two in terms of the, the, uh, the actual stuff. So there's still definitely time, but at least where it's trending, where it's heading based on what we've seen it to date, I'm not feeling very high. And I just don't think this is the right situation for him, which is, you know, not ideal for him. It's going to put Billy in a tough situation where he's going to get blamed for not developing a guy who doesn't necessarily make sense in this system. So to me, it's necess- It's less on Billy. It's less on even Dalen. It's more on why is this guy here? Why did you use your 18th pick on the player that doesn't really make sense in this system or this team that you're running based on who's around him? So that's kind of where I've landed on Dalen Terry. I think everything I've noted there is fair and reasonable. Um, I think I'm being critical, but I don't think it's... Yeah, like I said, I don't think it's unreasonable. Yeah. Um, I do think that he could look a lot better next to better players, though. I don't think, you know, again, I don't want to excuse him because you see guys like Tarisen going off. Obviously, like, you know, the top 10 guys from last year, your Jabari Smith, your Jaden Ivies, Jalen Durrance, guys like that are really dominating. And Dylan Terry was the 18th pick. He's not, you know, one of those high lottery picks. Um, So there is going to be a fall off there. You do want to see that kind of player still dominate at a high level. We saw like a couple of years ago, Pat was just like too good to be playing in summer league and they shut him down. It was like, ideally that's what you see from Dalen. Um, and I think that would have been really encouraging, but that's also just like not who Dalen is. He, he does lack skills that, you know, I think prevent him from being your primary ball handler, but they're never going to ask him to be the primary ball handler. They're going to ask him to attack closeouts, um, develop a corner three point shot, on a catch and shoot um, and just keep the ball moving. Like he's a guy that doesn't let the ball stick. The hit ahead passes in transition have been insanely good. um, Kind of Lonzo esque. He also, I think does a really good job when you get him moving off of screens. So they've run this play a bunch of times where Dalen cuts through, um, you know, from the top of the key into the paint and then comes off of a pin down and catches the ball on the move. And when, the help defender from, you know, the, the guy who's guarding the top of the key steps over to try to tag him. He's really good at finding the open man, whether it's the guy where the ball came from or just like getting all the, all the way downhill, drawing, you know, another help defender and then kicking it out. So I do think 
those are the kind of situations that you can put him in that really maximize what he does do well, which again, I think are passing, keeping the ball moving, um, just like finishing in, in an advantage situation. I think he's fine at all those things. But to, to ask him to be the guy that's creating the advantage, I think is really difficult. Um, AK with the super chat here asking uh, mm-hmm. if we think we are overreacting to Dalen's summer league performance. He's playing like a rookie who didn't get a lot of minutes. The Bulls need to put him in a non-PG role. So I think that's kind of what we're saying here, AK, is that they started him off in a point guard role because he does have some of those skills, right? Like he's a good facilitator. He understands the game, keeps the ball moving. Um, but I think what we've learned over the course of these three games is that he's better in an off-ball situation. And I think that's more what it will look like um, at the NBA level. But where I disagree or where I where I think it's like a little bit too easy to say, it's the same thing with Patrick Gall. Well, he missed his, his second year. So, you know, he's really only a second-year player. Dalen's really only, you know, entering his rookie season because he didn't play. I mean, I think it's more that just like he wasn't good enough to play. And yeah. you want to see growth. You want to see development. You want to see him being able to dominate. You know, he did play really well in the G League. Why isn't he competing or, you know, at least producing at a higher level here in summer league? I think it's fair to be critical. I mean, this is this is an area, it's like when you go into your second or third year, you know, you really want to see a jump. And this is this is where I think a lot of guys just like come out and show that they're too good to be in this situation. Not only, not only has Dalen not done that, he's coming away with more questions than maybe he came in with. So I think it's totally fair to be critical, but I also think there are things that we can take away from this performance and say, he is really good at these things. And in the same way where with Sonogo or with Julian Phillips or with Javon Freeman Liberty, we can identify a couple of key skills that are the foundation of something that you can build on. I think Dalen totally has that. And I think the Bulls just need to continue to put him in this situation. But Mark, I'm with you it's going to be hard to be in that situation at the NBA level with this team, given their construction. Um, and, and now just like all these guys that are ahead of him in the rotation. So I'm definitely um, encouraged by some things more discouraged uh, than I thought I would be. Uh, but mostly just coming up with questions about like where he fits into the larger bulls picture here. Yeah. And look, just to be clear, I wasn't expecting Dalen to come out and dominate summer league and I'm, I'm not suggesting that's what you were inferring from my comments but just to be clear for those listening or those in the comments like i wasn't expecting him to have the summer league that jabari smith has had or what keegan murray was doing or anything of that nature i wasn't expecting anything that grand but i wanted to see more control i wanted to see more poise i wanted to see some progression in the jump shot mechanics and i haven't necessarily seen that and to your point the whole he's a, he's really only a rookie thing because he barely played. Well, no, he's been in the system for a year. He's been training. He's had two off seasons now. He's been around NBA guys. A lot of these players who have been playing much better than him have not had that opportunity, um, irrespective of minutes played. So yeah, I don't buy that at all. And I like I said, I think I'm I've been reasonable in my critiques. Happy for people to disagree, but I guess where I keep coming back to William, and you touched on it there. Even though we've seen some really really good performances from some of these summer league guys whether it's julian phillips uh justin freeman liberty maybe less so dalen and we can talk about justin lewis too but i just wonder if any of this really ultimately matters now maybe it matters based on you know depth chart injuries those sorts of things but at least how it's currently constructed and, and maybe some of this is dependent on you know whether i remains or not but at least from a rotational standpoint I don't know how many, if any of these guys really get an actual shot 
with the big team in this upcoming season. And ideally, if your team is healthy or reasonably healthy, I don't know if any of these guys figure in your your nine or ten man rotation, depending on what happens in free agency or, or the the back end of your roster. Uh, I, Dalen hasn't shown me enough to go ahead of Io. Clearly, not going ahead of Kobe. You've brought in Javon Carter. Um, he's definitely not playing over Caruso, Demar, or, or or Zach Levine. So, from that standpoint, I don't necessarily see a lot of minutes for Dalen in the upcoming season the same is true maybe for it you know despite him being just otherworldly good in in summer league like even if javon freeman liberty makes the team i don't know if he's going to have much of a role at all anyway so same is true for julian phillips like we we brought through tory craig to be that backup answer or maybe he starts maybe he's a backup but he's that three four answer that we didn't necessarily have alongside patrick williams so even though these guys are showing some stuff, like what does it ultimately mean in terms of what it means for this upcoming ball season? Are we talking about guys that are even going to be part of the rotation? Probably not. So in that scheme of things, I want to have that perspective because maybe it doesn't matter regardless because whoever these players are, whether they emerge or not, are they really figuring in the road in the rotation? Probably not. Well, I think that is true in part um, I also think like if you're so talented and so good, yeah, yeah. No matter like how you know deep you are in the depth chart to start the season, like you're gonna work your way at the top and and get minutes. So I do think this is on the players in a certain sense. Um, mm-hmm. Matthew Ray with another super chat here. <laughs> Dalen Loki reminds me of Chandler Hutchison, except Dalen actually plays with energy and motivation. Um, Young you know, pips. the young, the young pip slander on this podcast will just simply not fly. Sorry, Matthew Ray. Um, no, I, I think, the yeah, but they do, but they do kind of fill a similar role, right? Like they're sort of athletes first, uh, wing players then kind of slide up a few positions. Um, don't really have jumpers yet, but can sort of slash and attack. I, I do think there's some similarities there, certainly in where they were drafted. I think Hutch was 21, Dalen at 18. Um, you need those kind of guys, right? Like you need somebody who can come off the bench and play with energy. You would love for, like I was kind of saying, Dalen to get to a point where he just emerges and you, you can't afford to not play him. I think that's what a lot of just watching some of these other summer league teams and G league teams play, you know, we can sit here and bulls fans can sit here and say that, you know, the, the Bulls young players are really talented and Kobe and Patrick and Dalen and Io and all these guys are like got a ton of potential and they're going to be like the future of the team and all this stuff. But when you watch these other teams play, like the younger talent is just better. They're yeah. just simply much better. And I just don't think that the Bulls young players through maybe no fault of their own, maybe they're just not as good. Maybe it's the Bulls not being able to develop them. Maybe it's just this idea of like the two timeline system not working in general Maybe it's a combination of all these things, but they just haven't been good enough to really go out there and win a role. And I think if you are a young player who's really good, you, you're you not going to be able to like be held down on the bench. I just don't think that's how it works. I think it's more that these guys just haven't produced. Um, and again, I don't want that to be like mean or negative. It's just like the reality of the situation. Billy Donovan is not out here trying to like develop guys over winning games. Like the Bulls aren't in the position where they can try to make the playoffs or be a top four seed and also give Dalen, you know, 18, 20 minutes a game. It's just, that's not how it's going to work. So I I think it's just kind of like a combination of all these things. And it's kind of a shame because the way that AK and Mark Eversley have constructed this roster, it kind of does depend on the younger talent, you know, filling into a role and developing and being able to play alongside 
the, the bull star guys and do it cheaply. And we just haven't really seen, except for maybe like, you know, Kobe at the very end of last year and Patrick at times, uh, but not consistently enough. And mm-hmm. Io for the first couple of games of, you know, his first season, they haven't really just like come out and blown anybody away. I think they're good players. I think they all have potential. Um, and I think that in a different system, they may be able to be more productive, but the fact that they just haven't gone out there in one minutes or beaten other guys out for roles, I think does tell you something about how good they are. Yeah. In a move that will shock no one, this is the part of the podcast where I defend Billy Donovan because <laughs> that's what I do. My father, he needs the defense because I guess what I'm preemptively thinking is people are going to get mad that Julian Phillips isn't going to play or that Dale and Terry isn't playing or Justin Lewis, despite being a two-way guy, isn't getting, you know, or Patrick Williams time. not playing now that they got Tory Craig. Like that's a reality too. Yeah. Like that's a possibility and people are going to get mad about it. And that bothers me because these, to your point, like we're not talking about blue chip talent here. We're talking about guys who have the potential to be decent role guys, have been decent role guys, probably on the upper scale could be high level role guys in the same way Lonzo Ball was. If, if, if You could convince me that Patrick Williams at some point could be the, the four-sized version of Lonzo Ball, not in terms of play, but maybe in terms of impact for a team. That guy, like similar to Aaron Gordon and, and the role that he had for the, uh, the Denver Nuggets. Obviously, they're not... Aaron Gordon and Alonzo aren't the same player, but in terms of what they mean around their stars, that you could convince me Pat could be that type of player, but I don't see any star upside for any of these guys. But I do see and have seen people get critical about the coach for not playing these younger guys uh, because for whatever reason. And this this comes back to the two timeline thing. And I just, to your point, like I, I think the Bulls are trying to, in some respects, do this two timeline thing, and it doesn't really make sense. I and and the reasons why we've been so buoyant about the Carter and and Tory Craig signings is because these are two ready made vets who make sense around the team that you've already established, who you have no questions about their ability to impact the rotation and what they will do when they land on the court, which is clearly questions that we have about all these younger guys. So coming back to the point around like, do, does any of this matter? Are any of these guys really going to get an opportunity? Ideally, probably not because your nine your nine man rotation is set, assuming health, obviously. And maybe maybe Julian Phillips pops up and does some things where he enters into that fray, particularly if you don't bring back someone like Jadri Javante or Derek Jones Jr. or whatever it might be. And maybe Julian Phillips could be your tenth guy. But this idea that Dalen is going to play, Julian Phillips is going to play, Lewis is going to play, along with Kobe, Pat, etc. Like there's just not enough room for all of these guys. And the other thing is like they're all similarly bodied. They're all similarly they, they play similar positions in some respects, or at least they'll be forced into given the, uh, the current structure of this team. And if you're just bringing in guys who are all like, like size, similar games, like how many of them can actually develop at the same time when you only have maybe one or two roster spots within the rotation available for them. Like if you're all, if you're bringing in all these rangy forwards and you've only got one opportunity for one of these rangy forwards or guards or wings, whatever you want to refer to them as, how can they all develop at the same time when you have so many limited, uh, limited opportunities? Like, okay, cool. Maybe we go the the Javon Freeman Liberty route, but if he's playing or if he's in the rotation or if he gets a spot, then how can Dalen also develop too? And to me, that's not on coaching. It's not necessarily on the players. It's just the situation as to what it means as to the roster construction. So I'll get off my soapbox now. I'm getting angry in July about defending Billy Donovan. What an absolute loser I am, but that's the uh, the state of play, I guess. Well, you've got, okay, you got Javon Carter, you've got Zach Damar, you've got 
Patrick Williams, you've got Vooch. That's a starting five, probably. And then you've got Torrey Craig and Kobe off the bench. That's six, seven. That's going to be your main seven-man rotation. And then you've got some question marks. You've got Andre Drummond in there. He's going to be the primary backup five. Maybe Dalen, maybe Julian Phillips, maybe Justin Lewis gets in there. Um, who am I missing? You know, you've got like at did, least did you seven. Say Caruso? I think so. But if not, Caruso is in there. Okay, let's let's say that's eight. I mean, that's in a lot of teams, that's like who's going to be playing, your eight-man rotation. Um, and I think if those guys are getting minutes, it's because something went really right. And that's what we need to see, right? Like that, I mean, that's kind of all it comes down to is these guys aren't going to be like prevented from going on the bench or getting on the court because Billy doesn't like them or because, um, you know, for whatever reason, it's just because they're not out. They're not going to be the best possible player to put the team in a position to win. And I think that's kind of all it comes down to. So if they end up on the court, it's going to be because they have gotten there. And if not, I don't think that's like through anybody's fault. It's just like uh, the fault of development around this team in general. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, maybe I was preemptively just trying to uh, defend my father, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll, like, uh, ideally, Julian Phillips emerges, Dalen emerges, whoever it might be. And then they put Donovan in a difficult situation where he has to find minutes for these guys in the same way Io did in year one. Uh, there's this sort of rhetoric that, you know, Billy doesn't play young guys. Well, I mean, Io was averaging like 37 minutes a game for like two or three months there. So uh, that, that would be my counter to that point. But nonetheless, let's progress. Let's move on. Let me tell you all about our friends at Shady Rays who, if, like, if you're in Vegas, if you're only wearing your shorts, if you buy the pool just looking stunning and you want to look even better, you're wearing your Shady Rays. And you, could, you too could look as handsome as a certain beat writer and podcaster that we all know and love. So if you want to take on the gear with – take on the sun rather with gear that is built to last, our friends at Shady Ray have you covered for the warm weather ahead with their premium polarized shades. And they do all of that, folks, at an affordable price. So Shady Rays is the best the best independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as just as good that, as any of those expensive uh, brands that you might be wearing. You know, I'm not going to name those brands. One, because I don't know who they are. But two, they don't deserve the love and respect that we like to give our friends here at Shady Rays. But the best thing about Shady Rays, not only are you getting you know, great-looking glasses at an affordable price, but the best thing, in my opinion at least, is the fact that they give you the most insane protection of all eyewear. They got you hooked up with their lost and broken replacement policy. I don't know if you, William, if any of you guys lost or broke your glasses in Vegas, but if you did, I'm assuming Shady Rays are going to hook you up. So don't know if that's the case, but um, you know, they've got you covered they, friends. They that's call the point. it the Matt Peck lost and broken replacement program for a reason. Exactly. That's exactly right. So Shady Rays, friends, uh, they have got you covered on so many different levels and exclusively for our listeners, um, they have the best deal of the season. So if you go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code CHGO, you get 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try them out for yourself. And uh, do you know, William, over 250,000 people online have given Shady Rays a five-star review. So it's not just you and I banging on about them. It's not just you looking just freaking fantastic in in the Vegas sun. It's just not that dingo right there on the screen just looking absolutely beautiful in his Shady Rays. It's over 250,000 people endorsing this product. So friends, if you want to get that sorted, like I said, promo code CHGO for 50% off and come and thank me later. William, 
Lewis University. Tell everyone about them. Lewis University is for students who are just like you, who have full-time jobs, families, and of course, are full-time sports fans. But if you are ready to go back and earn a degree, you can do that at Lewis University. It is located 35 miles southwest of Chicago in Romeoville, and it is one of U.S. News and World Report's top-tier colleges. Lewis partners with numerous employers for tuition discounts and offers evening, online, and blended formats to help you balance work, family, and education, and of course, the CHGO Bulls podcast. The faculty bring in real-world experience and instruction into the classroom, which helps immediately and is relevant to your career, and they offer a million different programs. Let's just list a few. Criminal justice, public safety, data science, computer science, cybersecurity, business analytics, finance, MBA, project management. They've got it all at Lewis University. So if you are interested in learning how to discover a degree from Lewis, you can help build a better world. Learn more at LewisU edu slash you can do this that's lewisu.edu slash you can do this do you know if lewis university have a course on how to be a good basketball executive who is good at public speaking is that a course that exists i don't know about the executive part but i'm sure like communications or you know public speaking that's got to be in there somewhere okay i'm wondering if they could maybe launch a course on how to fill out the rest of your bench particularly when you've got two or three open spots in free agency. It's a very niche course, but maybe certain people that um, I'm thinking of could attend said course. And uh, that is my segue into the final <laughs> segment of the show here where we talk about free agency. Free agency in a lot of respects has come to a halt. Every morning when I wake up, I check my, um, my NBA newsbreakers list that I have on Twitter, which is still seemingly functioning for the moment. And every time I've been refreshing it over the last few days, there's been basically no news. Free agency has stopped. It's paused. Everyone seemingly is waiting for Damian Lillard to... Well, Damian Lillard, he he knows what he wants to do. But in terms of the Blazers, the Heat, whoever else wants to get into that mix, same thing with Harden and then the Sixers. Teams are seemingly waiting. I'm saying seemingly a lot. Sorry, friends. Teams are waiting for that to all play out. Seemingly. And maybe that's... Maybe that's put a, a freeze on the free agent market, but not a lot has happened since we've last spoke. The Bulls have two, maybe three roster spots open. We'll see what happens. But uh, William, I'm throwing it over to you. I'm assuming you have attended that course that Lewis University are running in terms of the how to be a great basketball executive course. And in that course, because you've done it and you've excelled on it, you've come out of that with just top marks. How are you filling out the last remaining spots here for the Chicago Bulls? So you mentioned that you've been checking your your uh, newsbreakers list. Well, we've got some breaking news. And for oh. for this niche basketball podcast, I can tell you it's going to be interesting. So the Bulls wow. have officially signed Julian Phillips today. Wow. That came out uh, through the team account. Um, okay. But they've also dropped some details, or Bobby Marks of ESPN has dropped some details about the contract. So first year, $1.6 million guaranteed. Second year, 1.9. Third year, 2.2. And then a $2.4 million team option on year four. So 5.7 in guaranteed money. Um, that number does, uh, it's 8.1 in total, which is uh, a lot for a second round pick. But using that second round exception, the Bulls are able to get what I think is a pretty good deal in for Phillips. I mean, he could end up really outplaying this. 
but just the fact that like they got they got Marco on the three year thing, they only got two years for IO. It seems like locking in these guys for four years and then getting a team option is a pretty good one. But the reason I bring this up now is because you put Julian Phillips up from about 1.12 million to 1.6 mm-hmm. million, um, yep. which does change where the Bulls are in their cap sheet. And yep. effectively, what that means is you've got about three million to spend, maybe a little less than three million to spend on two roster spots, which basically means you have veteran minimums. But even with those, you might go into the tax. So probably not going to be looking at too much else in free agency, although that could really depend on Ayo Desumu and his $5.2 million qualifying offer, whether yep. they look to end up moving him or signing him on a cheaper deal, um, or he just straight up accepts it and plays on that. That will play a role. But right now we're looking at some pretty you know, low-level veterans minimums, I would say. Yeah, so everything that we're going to speak about here in terms of the numbers that we quote, all that sort of stuff is contingent on the IO situation. But assuming IO comes back for a number close to his qualifying offer, if it's not the qualifying offer itself, then to your point, if you add Julian Phillips in at 1.6, you've got one more vet guy. I'm still including Carlick Jones because I still think there's a chance that he makes the roster for now at least. He's the His non-guarantee date is until you know the, the effectively just before the season kicks off. So, And he has been hanging around the balls in terms of the, you know, being around the team in summer league. We saw him with Caruso and DeMar and, and, and Zach, et cetera, on, on opening night of summer league. So I don't, I'm not, I'm not taking a pencil and, you know, erasing or taking a marker rather. Oh yeah. I'm not taking a racer and moving Carlick off my cap sheet just yet uh, because I think there's a chance he makes the team still, but yeah, effectively, if that were to play out like that, it leaves really one vet minimum spot open again assuming io comes back so and in that situation will there's they're about one million dollars less than the tax line we know kobe has as has been reported i think you guys covered it yesterday kobe has 1.3 million dollars of incentives in his deal for the upcoming season so assuming they sign a vet men guy assuming io comes back at a 5.2 number and assuming kobe hits on those incentives the bulls may they just may be a tax team wow i mean they'll only be in a tax team by like a couple hundred grand but they might be a tax team wow should we should we have a celebration at grand park should that materialize well well let's not uh, get too far ahead of ourselves here <laughs> i think um i think more likely than not io will not be playing at 5.2 million dollars next year um yeah. i think they come back with a deal that's like six or seven million dollars over two years um to try to get him back on the market and secure him like more more guaranteed money over albeit a longer period of time so it would surprise me if he's playing at that money i think it'll be something closer to like three and a half or three million dollars a year in which case you're looking at again back up to about the vet minimum so i agree i think that's a good point about carly jones him sticking around he was at the summer league game um wearing a cast on his finger. I got to do some more research mm. and figure out why that was. I was mm-hmm. given some mixed, uh, mixed messaging on that. Um, but so if that's the case, you know, let's say we, we give IO, I'm just looking at my little cap sheet here. Let's say they give IO the same money that they gave to Andre Drummond, which is $3.36 million a year, which is, I think pretty fair value. Um, 
over a two-year period, maybe gets a player option in there somewhere because the Bulls love giving those out. That puts you at about two point eight million. I think that's pretty, pretty much where uh, you know you can you can bring in a solid vet min um, or even dip into the part of the remaining mid level or the biannual exception um, to bring in a guy at above the vet min, um, but still stay below the tax. I think that's probably what's going to be the case. What ends up happening. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't get too far in front of my skis here with regards to the tax, but, uh, we got one more super chat to just hit on real quick. That's a little bit yep. unrelated. Um, whatever well, happened to Bitim? I don't know how to really pronounce that name, so I don't want to, yeah. um, butcher it too much, but Bitim, he was uh, a guy that was heavily rumored to be on a two way with the bulls, uh, that came from like a European report, uh, that was never confirmed. I, got i didn't get confirmation from the bulls that it was a thing um but they that i was told that that was just like not a thing so um i i think that was just like people getting excited about a report that was maybe a little bit lost in translation he was with the rockets summer league team so i just don't think that's part of it but the bulls still have another two-way spot Um, mark eversley on the broadcast and maybe you heard this but um, I was at the game, so obviously I didn't hear the broadcast, but he said, Mark Eversley said that uh, Justin Lewis was going to be on a two-way. So with Sonogo, that's two out of the three two-ways. So we could still be looking at a couple of new players on the roster, um, but I think they've still got some wiggle room below the cap. Yeah, so assuming assuming Io back, is back, assuming Karlik is back, that leaves one open roster spot, which would be a vet minimum spot. And you, as you noted there, you've got one two-way spot open. So assuming, let's just assume Karlik and I are back just for the sake of this conversation. You've got one uh, open roster spot. Where are you throwing that money or where? who are you targeting? To me, at least, it has to be a big, it has to be a center because the only two guys above six foot ten on this roster are Vooch and Drummond, and that's not good enough. You need another big. Now, the issue there is the center market in free agency is not very good beyond christian wood maybe maybe bismack piombo is your best answer maybe we bring back you know 48 or 48 year old charge gibson to be the third center but uh what are you thinking will let's close it out here on terms of that last spot uh is there any big man that you would like to target at all yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the the names out there aren't too... I, I honestly don't even really know who's out there. They're not... Like, no one is really jumping off the page in terms of um, guys that they could go after. I think, and you may know the answer to this better than I would, but, like, would leaving that spot open now to potentially accommodate for a trade be something that they could do to where, you know, maybe you help facilitate this Dame Blazers trade or... Zach gets moved or something and and you just kind of want to like leave one of those spots open. I know that there's going to be a certain charge associated with not filling all 15 roster spots. Um, But I could see them just leaving that flexibility open for now. And then, you know, instead of guaranteeing money there, maybe at the trade deadline or, you know, halfway through the season, they're feeling pretty good about their record and they decide they want to go use that disabled player exception that they may or may not be granted by the league for Lonzo Ball's injury, maybe that's when you use that final roster spot. So having that flexibility open, I don't think would be such a bad idea at this point. Yeah, fair call, fair call. Well, all I'll say is the Bulls have their biannual exception available to them. Tristan Thompson is a free agent. He's only 32. 
So just maybe, just maybe round two will make sense. But uh, I'll leave you all with that just absolutely pertinent and great point. I'll let everyone just stew over that. Uh, let's call it a show here, William. Uh, we're just about done here. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Um, well, it was it was really fun catching up with you. I was jealous watching you all do your thing in Vegas, but um, being able to be in your presence, your sweet, beautiful presence today has lifted my my spirits. Uh, it's put an extra pep in my step that I needed. So thank you for being here. LB, thank you for pressing all the buttons and doing what you do. Um, all well. our sponsors, all our friends, DraftKings, Sportsbooks, everyone else that we've shouted out, Shady Rays, etc. The Shady Rays Dingo. Uh, Lewis University. Who else we got here? We've got Bird, Bird Dogs. Dogs. We've got Sunnyside. All of our mates, thank you for supporting us. But most importantly, everyone for tuning in. We appreciate what you do in supporting us here at CHGO. So uh, on behalf of William Gottlieb, Will underscore Gottlieb on Twitter, Lawrence Benendetto, Benendetto. I love saying that last name. There's no uh, there's no second N. There's Benedetto. I prefer, Benedetto. I prefer saying Benendetto, and that's probably how i'm going to continue saying it irrespective of what you prefer so cool. i'm just letting you know that um but no <laughs> i tried to get you to eat some delicious uh what was oh, here we go eggplant parmesan eggplant parmesan anyways i've been mk hoops i have been i will be uh for better or worse i'll continue being mk hoops but certainly for the better we are chgo bulls the guys will be back i think matt and dave are back tomorrow at some stage 5 30 i believe if i'm not mistaken don't quote me on that but the point is friends chgo bulls will be back later this week we'll be back with you guys all of summer keeping you across what's happening with the chicago bulls appreciate you tuning in speak soon bulls fans (laughs) 